Good evening, Mendocino County. This is John Horton with this month's edition of Inside Education. In tonight's edition of Inside Education, I will interview Malaya Meyer, SSEL, Sonoma and STEAM Hub Regional Lead, and Bessie Glossinger, Youth, Service, Youth Services Manager in the um, Continuous Improvement Innovation and Development and Department at MCOE about how after-school programs support summer school programs. Due to the pandemic-related learning loss experience by students across the state, California is giving schools additional money to provide even more expanded learning programs. This year, summer programming is a big deal. Our guests tonight are two individuals leading the su support structures for schools in designing these summer programs. Ms. Glossinger, would you let us would you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up being the youth service manager in the continuous improvement, innovations and development department at MPOE? Yes, and thank you for uh, inviting me to the show tonight. So, uh, as you said, my name is Bessie Glossinger and I work for the Mendocino County Office of Education in the um, CI department. and. I've been with Mendocino County Office of Education for about 15 years now, but I did get my start in expanded learning programs back in the late 80s down in Alameda. Uh, I started working for the Alameda Girls Club. That was Girls Inc. or Girls Incorporated back in the day. And from there, I was able to move up here to Ukiah uh, in the 90s and uh, started working with their Head Start programs up here and then moved over to working at the teen parent program here with Mendocino County Office of Education, and then working with the Child Development Youth Services Department, and now my current role as regional uh, county lead with Malaya. And uh, that kind of summarizes how I worked myself into my current role, but my passion um, has always been uh, lifting up the youth of our community. and. Um, trying to be a part of helping them meet their uh, highest potential. So again, thank you for having me here. Thank you for coming on the show. Miss um, Mayor, would you please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up being the SSEL Sonoma and STEAM Hub Regional Lead? Thank you. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm Malia Meyer, and um, I started my first job in summer, a summer program when I was 13 years old as a junior camp counselor and uh, never really left <laughs> finding ways to support youth. Um, I've worked in education for, uh, well, I guess I can say decades now, but um started at MCOE in 2016 and uh, Bessie brought me on to help support our whole region, which includes Mendocino, Sonoma, Lake, Humboldt, and Del Norte counties. So in those five counties, we support about a, a little, give or take about 140 sites, expanded learning. So before school, summer school, summer program and after school programs. And uh, Bessie was looking for someone to help support the Sonoma area. So from 2016 to 2018, I was helping kind of part-time with the regional work. 
And then in 2018, we had an opportunity. Um, so we collaboratively wrote a grant and were awarded the STEAM Hub grant. And that brought my position, opened up my position a little bit further. So it, from then I was full-time um, supporting our regional work, helping our programs, make sure they're fulfilling grant requirements. And then also with this extra focus on um, science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. And the primary goal, just like Bessie, really, uh, for my whole career has just been um, really helping expand those opportunities for youth that help them thrive. And now I'm in a role where I can also help adults to do that as well. And uh, it takes a village for sure. So I'm really happy to be one small part of that village here in Mendocino County. Okay, thank you. What is expanded learning and what does it support? And I guess I could ask Bessie um, Glossinger that question. Thank you. Um, expanded learning includes um, out of school time programming. So out of school time would be your before school, your after school, your intercession um, programs. That would also include your summer. So um, it's it. We, we tend not to want to say after school. We want to say expanded learning because. After school is just one time of the day where we're really uh, trying to do a, a whole child approach and, and, and look at uh, the needs of the child uh, outside of their school day. So with that, um, again, that, that word whole child approach, so it's both an academic support and enrichment um, opportunity, uh, healthy choices are a component of um, expanded learning, uh, addressing food insecurities, delivering high quality programs that uh, really are building mastery, uh, giving youth opportunities to, uh, to apply what they're learning during the school day. Um, there's a wide variety of activities usually included, uh, arts, sports, science, technology, service learning, um, and learning that's um, engaging and meaningful to youth, usually project-based, hands-on, um, practical application. Um, and this is also done with uh, partnerships with community-based organizations. Uh, we in, we have a few that we work with and that our districts work with as well. So it's kind of just this partnership of expanding horizons. That's, that's kind of, in summary, uh, a little bit about what expanded learning programs are. Okay, thank you. Um... How does summer school fit into the program? So summer programs are one important part of that whole big picture of expanded learning as Bessie uh, did such a good job of describing the whole umbrella of that. Um, so summer school or summer programs can look different depending on where you are and what kind of funding your district or town has. And we have kind of a variety of all kinds of different mixes of what that looks like in our county. A lot of our schools have, so summer school can be called a lot of different things. Some schools have extended school year. Those are specifically for certain students. 
Some schools have credit recovery or academic uh, intervention programs that they offer in the summer. Some migrant ed, prog ed programs have special uh, programs that they have to offer uh, during the summer. And then we also have um, summer programs that we would consider are more based on enrichment. So there are a variety of different ways we can think about uh, what what's going on in the summer. Uh, I think it's best for kids to be having fun, but it's also a great time to help pick up some of those things if kids weren't able to get get it all in the year and help fill some of those gaps to kids ready for their next year as well. Okay, next question would be, um, why are summer school programs, why are summer programs important for schools for to offer, to offer to districts? So, um, Bessie here, I was going to uh, answer this question in that um, the, the intent is that the youth are thriving all summer long, that they're engaged that you know one of one of the things that we hear about is uh summer learning loss i know that there's been talk about learning loss uh due to uh the pandemic and different um learning um modalities that have taken place but summer learning loss was something we were talking about pre-pandemic in that um some youth during the summer, they're engaged in uh, traditional summer activities, and some youth do not have exposure to those, what we would call traditional summer activities, uh, maybe a camp, maybe visiting with grandparents, maybe traveling, um, going to the library, whatever it may be. So we, wanna, we want to make sure that all youth are having exposure to some type of enrichment during the summer. So when they come back, um, in the fall to the school year, there has there's been um, minimum to no learning loss over the summer. We want to make sure that everyone's kind of coming back in the fall with an um, even or equal footing as they as they um, come back into their school year. So as Malia was saying, it's not about academic academic epic academics. It's about also. Um, applying knowledge uh, it's it's about soft skills it's about um being able to communicate with other folks it's about our social emotional development that's so important uh that plays into our success in the academic arena er, arena uh malia did does that malia oh, you yeah, can also just... uh, yeah add into it if you want to so if I could add yeah. to that, I would just say that, um, yeah, I think also some many of our families rely on schools for their their nutrition and many of our children do as well. So um, summer programs can offer that bridge for families and and a way for kids to have a safe space and caring adults who are interested in what they have to to think about and learn about and what they're curious about. So summer can be a great place for all of those kind of wonderful opportunities. You're listening to the Inside Education. My name is John Horton and I am substituting for Michelle Hutchins, our County Superintendent of Schools. Tonight I am interviewing Malaya Mayer or Meyer 
SSEL Sonoma and STEAM Hub Regional Lead, and Bessie Glossinger, Youth Services Manager in the Continuous Improvement, Innovation, and Development Department at MCOE. All right, my next question is going to be, what does the Learning Recovery Program contain? And that's for Bessie. Oh, can hear. She's muted. We're all recovering from the pandemic still as <laughs> we relearn. There you go. Sorry about that. It's um, okay. Malia, <laughs> so, um, you might want to jump in and help me with this one a little bit. But um, as far as the learning recovery programs, though, when Malia was speaking earlier about all the different types of activities that we have during the summer, that's one um, type of programming that's offered. There are many different types of programs that could be offered. Um, so when you're looking at learning recovery, some of that might be more of your traditional summer school versus your summer uh, programming. And um, did you want, did you have anything on that, Malia, that you wanted to add? Um, yeah, I think those learning recovery programs do tend to be a little more towards the traditional. I do hear some good things about people wanting to add more project-based learning and things like that, and even into their summer programs. Um, but I know a lot of our schools traditionally have looked at summer school in that way, and students also have. So um, what with this huge investment that the state is making in wraparound services and this whole child model, what we're also hoping is that that everyone remembers to bring the sun, the fun back, you know, to summer. Um, and, you know, look at all the ways that we assess learning and development in our youth. And we definitely have a long way to go after the pandemic. Um, and hopefully those summer programs can help move the needle. My next question would be, what does the supplemental um, instruction contain? So this also varies by school and by district. And I, what most of our sites do, and Bessie, maybe you can add to this as well, is they might look at a specific target population. Like maybe they didn't see the progress maybe with their students who are multilingual learners, or um, maybe they're feeling like their first and second graders aren't meeting those reading goals. And so that's one way that sometimes students might be targeted for additional academic support um, during the summer. And oftentimes those would be provided by credentialed teachers. Um, and then in, in addition to that, what we really recommend as a promising practice is that then that student is also, you know, folded into more of an enrichment program as well, where they then would also have opportunities for physical activity and um, maybe art projects or other kinds of 
maybe a lot of schools will call them clubs, right? But enrichment type programming. Um, Bessie, was there anything else you wanted to add to that about supplemental supports? No, I think you did a great job covering it. And I also find that as I travel around the region, it's been interesting. Um, we are coming um, out of a really unique uh, time in education. One of the sites I was at um, up north, uh, they were looking at their second graders, just their physical development. And um, the expanded learning time was a time during the day that they were able to work with gross motor development. Usually that's not something that we're focused on for second graders, but these children needed more balance beam work and more tumbling and opportunities that they didn't have uh, over the last uh, year and a half. And that was just... Um, Again, like uh, Malia was talking, um, it was just observed. Um, there was a set. It was assessed. It was identified as a need, and then they were able to do that during the out-of-school hours. Next question would be: What about the social emotional learning? I think that's one of the true strengths of um, out-of-school time programming or expanded learning. I think that it is the the opportunity to not just practice those soft skills, uh, but also to develop them. Malia talked about um, that caring adult having um, building relationships with the students during these times of the day that are less structured. Um, and we know and we've heard and we know that sometimes it just takes one uh, caring adult, one relationship with a caring adult. If we think back of our experiences in school, many of us can identify one adult that we connected with that helped us um, navigate our, our school our school life um, or, or elementary years or, or junior high years. So I think the um, the components, uh, the social emotional components to expanded learning um, are, are limitless. I, I truly believe that. Uh, we can also help students learn the tools to navigate social interactions, uh, how to handle and manage their own emotion, which I think right now in today's world is um, critical. Um, those 21st century skills, um, Expanded learning is the place that we can uh, explore them together. Uh, Malia, do you have anything on that? Because I know it's 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 a passion of mine that we address social emotional learning in expanded learning programs. Absolutely. Well, that's definitely why we're a great team because we <laughs> our purposes always align. And I was just thinking of a you know example. I believe in the. I, think Beth brought in some of Mark Brackett's work around emotional intelligence that we were doing on uh, doing in the county last year. And she's been helping students even just identify and name, be able to name their emotions. And right now kids are dealing with a lot of big emotions. We're seeing some alarming, alarming statistics around youth mental health. Um, and of course, school violence and uh, or community violence in general. And it's our job to keep our kids safe. And that's something that we look at, again, with, in a whole child way. It's not just about physical safety, but that emotional safety is so important. And teaching our youth how to 
do that and learn about that and be in community um, together in that way is definitely something that we focus on. Um, and also in our roles, often we are supporting the adults who are supporting the adults who are then supporting the children. So we were a little bit removed sometimes from from that piece of what actually directly gets to the kids. But we also take very seriously our the social emotional learning of the adults that we're supporting and our staff. And we recognize that it's a big load to carry when you're that that one special adult for 20 or 40 kids that's helping them get through their day. So we hope that we can also um, in our roles be that special person for some of the adults who might be having a hard time uh, in this big job that we have together uh, supporting our youth. So we like to look at social emotional learning as really like a whole program approach. It's not just for the kids, it's for everybody. <laughs> All right. What about um, feeding the kids? You know, usually um, kids need to uh, have nourishment. And um, I just wondered if you guys actually have that offer to the kids also. Sounds great what you guys are doing overall, but definitely kids, you know, love to eat, right? <laughs> And, and I think that's one of the things that our local um, expanded learning programs did well during the pandemic as well, um, is addressing the food insecurity and making sure that that food uh, was available to families um, to pick up. And I know that we're not talking about what we did in the past. Moving forward, um, uh, the, the food service is definitely part of... Uh, an integral part of our out-of-school time and expanded learning programs. Some programs um, offer snacks, but some also offer, offer super snacks or suppers. Uh, for some, uh, it, it depends on what the need, the local need is for that district and, and those students. But it's definitely a part of our program. What's really fun um, is when you get to some of our campuses and there's a school garden that the youth are working in in their out-of-school time um, program. And then they get to uh, gather, collect, and incorporate in some kind of cooking activity that um, the food that they've grown and when that happens um those are the days i love to visit programs and see um kind of that farm to table approach being taken by the children so that's an amazing component as well that i see out there malia yeah that makes me think of our Leightonville programs we have a really amazing garden educator up there um and we also know right that culinary clubs are probably the top request and that's another way that we've also been able to see parents you know, get involved and kids be able to share some of their cultural traditions too so um food is definitely a big part of of that expanded learning time and that's one thing we always hear from our program staff you know when we talk to them these kids are hungry right so a lot of days you know they're they're finding ways to um you know make healthy snacks and it's an art activity and a science activity and a cooking class all in one sometimes um yeah so that is definitely another also it is part of our quality standards so part of our grant requirements and standards require that programs do provide a nutritional snack at least and as bessie said some also do that supper as well 
Yes, I know the Sanhedrin High School has a garden program also um, from farm to table. How many schools actually have that? Do you know around Mendocino County? That is a great question, and it's something I'm actually looking at right now and thinking about ways that we might be able funny you should ask but i'm the farm to schools grant uh from the cdfa is actually due in a couple weeks and there are a bunch of different tracks that schools and even small farmers and producers can apply for and it's definitely something i would like to see take off more i don't know i know in sonoma county we have a lot of farm to school programs who've worked under this grant and i think we have a lot of we had a really great rollout of school garden programs through nco um but i don't know if our schools have access to the farm to table uh opportunity as widely um as we could and i would love to see it grow because i think it's not only an opportunity to support our youth to get that healthy local food but even to support some of our small local farmers because producers can't even get grants to supply foods to the schools and with the uncertainties of the drought and climate change um i love that you brought that into the conversation because it's it could be a potentially really exciting opportunity um, and it's something I will be looking at in next year's Steam Hub plan, in fact. <laughs> so I know we haven't gotten there yet, um, but it's definitely a subject on my mind these days. Okay, and I'll ask one more question before I uh, get into another thing. But um, we hear a lot about the learning gap. Aside from providing extended instruction time, what can school do? What can schools do to accelerate learning progress and close these learning gaps? I'll uh, just start it off and let Bessie take over. It's definitely the a big question on everyone's mind right now. Um, I think I've seen different statistics all year, but that students are generally up up to two grade levels behind now um, in this year coming out of the pandemic. And um, I know we've seen some growth this year, but it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle, honestly. So I think what we're looking at and I think what California is banking a really large investment on is that taking that whole child approach to learning and um, increasing the number of school counselors available to our youth, as well as providing teachers the support they need to really deepen their pedagogy skills. Um, and then to find all the ways that we can meet the needs of students, you know, their basic needs, so that their minds and bodies are ready to be in a place of learning and open to learning. Um, so maybe, Bessie, do you want to talk a little bit more about um, your ideas around that? How can we best accelerate that learning? I know that's on everyone's mind these days. I, I do think that um, learning, we, we know in early childhood education that you can't separate uh, the body and the mind, right? So we know that decreasing recess opportunities does not increase test scores, right? We know that you need to move the body, and, and, and that is part of uh, the whole child approach. It's not just... Um, 
uh, one approach to learning, and we have to honor the different modalities of learning, right? So that's something that expanded learning has the opportunity to do. One of the things that I've also enjoyed seeing throughout the um, county is uh, school day teachers taking an active role in their after-school programs. So in some districts, the school day teacher, after the youth has uh, received maybe their snack, they'll go back into their uh, uh, into a classroom and not do more of the same. It's not an extension of the day. It's an expansion on the day where the, the teacher can kind of get into um, some of the problem solving with their youth uh, that go into a little bit more detail or do an extended activity, maybe one that wasn't um, uh, set up for the school day, but uh, maybe they have a group of kids that uh, attend their class that really benefit from hands-on experiential learning. So they could take that um, that information that they've been sharing during the, the day and focused on and then do uh, some type of activity with them around that information that kind of uh, gives a, a different approach to learning it. So again, um, opportunities there's just opportunities for for different ways of approaching problems information and learning um and and then there's this freedom in in the after school hour uh time to uh to play with it and and to see uh what we can do that is making learning fun Okay, you're listening to Inside Education. My name is John Horton. I am substituting for Michelle Hutchins, County Superintendent of Schools, who is off air to adhere to FFC, FCC's rules while running for re-election. I'm interviewing Malaya Mayer, or Meyer, SSEL Sonoma and Steam Hub Regional Lead, and Bessie Glossinger, Youth Services Manager in the Continuous Improvement, Innovation, and Development department at MCOE about how after-school programs support summer school programs. Next question would be, um, what are examples of integrated students' supports to address other barriers to learning, and why are these important factors for schools to consider? Um, well, we I think we've touched on a lot of these, so um, probably the one we're seeing most often these days are um, mental health support. So counseling would be one integrated student support. Um, also the health and wellness supports, health and wellness checks that we're doing, that's kind of become routine with COVID. Um, and, uh, but doing those hearing screenings and other kind of screenings at schools can, especially with our younger students, those can be important uh, things that schools can provide for families that can, like I said, meet some of those basic needs. Um, other integrated student supports are, you know, things like tutoring. Um, even the nutrition program would be considered an integrated student support. Um, even parenting classes are integrated student supports. Anything that is going to increase the potential and possibility for that child to have optimal conditions, um, I think would be, is considered one of those integrated student supports. Um, RCS is one of our great partners in being able to provide that. And I know Bessie, you've worked with them for a lot of years and 
done a lot around this in the county, so maybe you can add to some other things that you see. Um, I, I, at this point, though, I can't go on without giving a shout out to our foster and homeless youth services people at the county, too. And, you know, they basically they will do anything for a family to make sure that they have what they need. And um, that's what we do at MCOA. And when we look at our after school education safety programs, so those are just one of the many different expanded learning programs offered. But when we look at the ACEs programs in our county, um, we know that um, foster and homeless youth um, are, are uh, prioritized as far as their placement in our programs. So there are youth in our programs um, that are given priority who also um, can receive additional supports during the, that time of the day so it, it, it's another opportunity to uh, wrap supports around our youth if if it's needed okay um, I just want to uh, the next question is how how do you define community learning hub how do you define a community learning hub I'm wondering, I'm thinking this might be, um, this was something that popped up during the pandemic we saw a lot, kind of a um, place where families who maybe don't have that Wi-Fi access at home um, or students who even just need a quiet place to do their work. Um, so we did, that was one of the ways that our programs have provided support for families during the full school day for one of our Fort Bragg programs did that, um, and a few of our other schools as well. We haven't seen that as much as a separate thing aside from our expanded learning opportunities programs at this point, but I know it's something that really a lot of people found valuable, so I do hope that it continues, and I think a lot of our expanded learning programs kind of operate in this way. Um, and maybe Bessie knows in more detail how some of the other schools in the county are addressing that or plan to. Um, but as you know, we do have issues with internet access depending on where you live. And we learned that more than ever. We found some schools it was just impossible to do virtual TA with you know technical assistance and support because um, you could just never get a good connection. So. Of course, that's true for many of our families as well. So that's one, one uh, yet another kind of integrated student support that our schools can provide through that community learning hub model. Yes, I, I believe Willits Kids Club was one of the um, programs in the Kudos for Kids Consortium um, that offered uh, community learning hubs during the pandemic where uh, if families didn't have Wi-Fi connectivity, they could come into the parking lot at the time and, 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 and uh, be connected up with the Wi-Fi just to make sure they had the resources they need for their youth to be successful while they were doing virtual learning. Um, and I think that though I do not know of any program that I could um, reference at this moment. I do think that we learned um, new ways to do things during the pandemic that we are going to hold on to um, moving forward. We, we've learned new new uh, ways to uh, 
connect and uh, we can get more uh, field trips and more um, exposure virtually than before. And because of the pandemic, we've all learned how to do so. And so we, I, I think moving forward, our expanded learning programs are going to use those resources more than they did prior to the pandemic. And I totally agree. Um, our school at San Hedron High School, we, we offer hotspots for some of our students to use um, just in case they don't have the internet um, service at home. And uh, we just, you know, we give them a hot spot and it, it works fairly well for them. And my next question is, uh, do we have any schools planning to offer this model right now? So not that we, I think everyone has been trying to really, this year has just been, as you know, right? Just trying yes, to been... to keep it together, keep our schools and our programs staffed and there's been a lot of i think visioning and planning and thinking about how we can come out of this pandemic and take like bessie said you know what we learned those best practices and i think community learning hubs are one of those things and so i i'm curious to see how schools will look at that you know looking back and maybe that's something they will continue to be able to offer um, but as far as we know, I don't know any schools that have opened up that option aside from, you know, just trying to do what they can to help ramp up, um, get back to basically the programs that they had pre-pandemic, you know. And then because there's a very new funding source, there are many schools also looking to add programming um, in these out-of-school time hours where they never had that before. So. Hopefully we'll see more of those. Okay, next question would be, um, what does it mean for MCOE to be a re region one lead agency for STEAM hub and expanded learning? So the STEAM hub initiative is a statewide initiative. There are, um, I believe 11 STEAM hubs throughout the state of California. And we're each located in, you know, a pretty vast region. <laughs> and we all collaborate and coordinate together to help determine and think about like state, broad statewide goals. And then we take those goals and move those forward with our program staff that we support in our regions. So right now the overarching goal, well, the whole project, the overarching goal, as I said before, was to increase the quantity and quality of STEAM programming um, in the region. And that is done through a variety of ways. One of the strategies we use is by conducting communities of practice. So um, when we started as the STEAM Hub, Region 1 STEAM Hub in 2018, we started with a quarterly community of practice. We built um, a lesson planning framework together with a group of programs, and those programs then went and tested that lesson planning framework. And that framework was based on a very a popular model called the 5E model that's used uh, pretty broadly in science education, and it's connected with actually NASA is one of the original developers of this model. But we adapted it so that it could be used 
uh, more appropriately in expanded learning programs because typically the staff in our programs are not credentialed teachers and they're not trying to teach the full curriculum that the students would be getting in the school day. But we wanted to make sure that our program staff were still able to put together a lesson that would be engaging and would be supportive of the next generation science standards. And so the STEAM Hub initiatives is another way to also support that rollout of the next generation science standards. And those standards help our students understand the world in a way that engages their minds and their problem solving skills in thinking about and their curiosity and thinking about phenomenon in the world. And so I've been working with our staff throughout the region and Bessie's also been a part of that. We partner to do a lot of our professional learning um, and that started in person for the first couple of years. We moved to a virtual for format during the pandemic. Um, and the types of resources that have gotten to schools through that initiative are um, a variety of different kind of partnerships and curricula access to different types of uh, curriculum resources. We also have a partnership with Lemelson MIT, and they've come and had um, some professional learning sessions with our staff talking about invention education and um which is another kind of steam approach where kids come up with a problem they want to solve and create a prototype of an invention so we rolled out a lot of invention education throughout our schools we had um i think in 2019 was a big year for ozobots so we got a lot of these little cute coding uh robots out uh to our schools and sites and um then when the pandemic hit we had to kind of regroup and now looking ahead next year, I think our focus is going to be around environmental literacy and outdoor education. So that was a very long answer. But I guess what I mainly want to say is that we try to be responsive to the needs and to the kind of trends that are happening in the county. So when I see that um, our programs are interested in a certain type of um, learning or modality, I'll then go research and try to find the best possible uh, maybe lesson planning tools or curriculum and we'll bring that back to our sites to, you know, get, just help them, uh, you know, be inspired to do their best. But we try to build it out of the strengths that are already in the programs and the program uh, staff. It really sounds like you have a plethora of resources coming through this program. Sounds great. All right, Bessie, go ahead. Well, and then the the question really is uh, was a two part question, right? So Malia, being our Steam Hub uh, coordinator and and regional lead, uh, was able to really address the Steam Hub part of it. But when you ask, uh, what does it mean for MCOE? to um, house the the, the uh, county regional leads one of the things that um, it's it, they're, they're two different um, um, jobs in that the regional lead um, system and, and when you when you um, introduced us you you refer to the SSEL and that's the system of support for expanded learning 
And our system um, across the state, there's about 16 leads and um, 11, 11, 12 uh, regions. And um, so when we house the regional lead here at Mendocino County Office of Education, what that means, and, and, and Malia was sharing earlier, we cover five counties that we provide technical assistance to, right? So we're Sonoma, Lake, Mendocino, Humboldt, Del Norte. And so what Malia and I do in our regional lead work is we make sure that our grantees are in good standing and that um, they are prepared uh, to uh, to pass things like their their reviews uh, when they when they're monitored, we also uh, make sure that they have the things they need to uh, have set up and in place to be successful with their uh, grants. And um, it, it it sounds kind of boring. It's not as exciting as the expanded learning part. But what we but what we get to do in reality is build relationships with folks in these five counties. Um, and we do that by bringing um, the expanded learning division folk from um, uh, Sacramento. They're with us on a call or a Zoom call every two weeks, and everyone in our five uh, counties are able to talk with them and ask questions and make sure that they have all the resources and supports they need. So there's a couple things going on. We have a, a lot of moving parts um, between uh, the regional work we do and the uh, STEAM Hub work that we do. So I just wanted to, to put that out there as well. So being a regional lead, does it bring any um, local um, resources to our school? Schools in general, all schools. <laughs> so sorry. Well, I was going to say one example of, you know, of how we do that is um, so there's a program called Reading with Relevance. And Bessie, you know, learned about this program or knew about this program. And it's this amazing reading curriculum. And in one of our informational meetings, we presented that to our program directors. We had a few folks get up and say, hey, yeah, we'd love to use that. We had an opportunity to use some of our grant funding to buy some uh, curriculum sets for sites. And baby Bessie, you want to add the, the end of the story? It's just so great to see kids got so excited about reading books, you know, that like this one book wonder was really, really a big hit in Fort Bragg. Um, and that was really just, that came out of, you know, Bessie knowing our programs, uh, listening to our programs uh, every few weeks in these meetings that we do and our check-ins. And then, you know, paying attention when we're out. We also do some statewide committee work and conferences. We present uh, both regionally and, and throughout the state. And when we see a resource or think of a resource that we think is going to really, really um, help our staff to help their students have a great experience, we want to bring that back to them. So we we do a lot of different things. We're like personal shoppers. <laughs> we are coaches. We are, you know, grant compliance people. Um, and we really just try to, you know, meet all of those pieces. It's a complicated thing, putting together a program and a school and making sure kids have a great 
time in those programs. So we try to help. And, and I think the point that Malia makes uh, is that we uh, are available uh, not only to our local districts, but throughout the region. Um, so if our local districts have a, a, a need, uh, they contact us, they let us know what it is, we show up. We've been uh, contacted by uh, local districts saying, hey, we really would like to have a training on X, Y, or Z. Okay, great, let's make it happen. Or the local consortium of ex uh, expanded learning programs, I referenced it earlier, the Kudos for Kids Consortia, uh, their consortium manager will have me on their uh, weekly, or not weekly, but their monthly uh, calls or come and host one of their meetings if there's something that I can bring to the table for them. And then we offer a lot of different um opportunities to the five counties but um it's they're there to be picked up so yes we have a lot of resources that we offer it's 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 um with we kind of offer a menu of services and then for those who would uh benefit from those services definitely um they're able to to um access what we have and so with that it's just part of this system of support for expanded learning so if uh if folks uh in the future are thinking oh i could really use a training on x y or z um contact us that's what we like to do You're and listening. x y and z includes leadership development curriculum Youth voice, uh, behavior voice. Management, all of those things <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to jump on you you're no uh, no 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 thank you You're listening to Inside Education. My name is John Horton and I'm substituting for Michelle Hutchins, our County Superintendent of Schools. Tonight, I am entering Malaya Meyer, SSEL, Sonoma and STEAM Hub Regional Lead, and Bessie Glossinger, Youth Services Manager in the Continuous Improvement, Innovation and Development Department at MCOE. So if I send my child to summer school this year, what would be the different um, from past years? What would be different from past years? Um, so uh, one of the things I think that's going to be huge is just, again, as we um, are coming out of the last two years of distant lear distance learning or having to uh, do hybrid learning as we come back to our, our new normal, um, in-person summer programming is uh, is back. And that is exciting. It's almost like I, I had to take a, a pause and a deep breath to say that, you know, uh, and that is exciting. We have um, not every district offers a, a summer program at this time. Uh, there are resources coming in, so we're moving in that direction. Uh, we hope to get be there eventually. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to as I go out and visit summer programming is uh, youth interacting with uh their providers and interacting with one another. It's it's been too long since summer programs have been up and running and in, in uh, uh, full force. With that, um, 
some of the stuff that I've heard that will be offered when you say, what should I expect? Um, when I was talking to some of the different programs programs around the county, I'm hearing things like art, jewelry making, wire wrapping, beading, cooking, technology, robotics, 3D printing, beginning classes in coding. Uh, some of our programs are going to be able to access uh, swim programs, which are really exciting for those that are able to do so. Um, I, I know that that's going to happen up in uh, Willits. I think Potter's going to be able to uh, enjoy some uh, swim as well. Um, I know that we have uh, in Willits, we have the, or sorry, in uh, Fort Bragg, I'm hoping people are going to be able to access their STAR uh, Center. Uh, some of the things that we are looking at, of course, locally are our summer safari. And then the summer safari is also pairing up with Ukiah Unified School District to uh, have kind of uh, that second half of the day be part of their Ukiah Unified uh, School District summer programming as well. So there's exciting things happening out there. And we've definitely known for a while that uh there are not enough uh, opportunities for our youth over the summer. So we, we really uh, significantly might see a much more summer programs and we hope you will find mid much fewer, uh, you know, a waiting list, I guess, because <laughs> that's one thing you might find a lot of the summer programs are already full at this point, you know, so that is definitely a challenge. If you and, don't think about planning your summer in like April or May these days, uh, sometimes there's just not a spot. I also think that one of the things that um, is challenging right now and will not always be challenging is staffing for those summer programs. So as we um, come out of the last two years, uh, in the past, we would be getting ready we'd be getting folks ready to staff our programs um, far in advance uh, to, to what we're able to do now. And I, I think that the, there's some partnerships with community-based organizations that are really addressing those staffing shortages, but we also have these more rural pockets where uh, there's not as many staff available. So we, we are gonna need to grow some amazing uh, youth leaders this, uh, this next year. That's, that's a goal of ours. Sounds really good. Um, where does a parent find out information on what is being offered at the local school? Oh, I would, I personally would start right there with your, I mean, there's, there's your local, uh, district website then i'd go into the district or i'd go into the um, school office people know uh what's going on if you want to know what the pulse of what's happening in a school that uh that office is uh your first stop with that there's additional things that are not just a school um based uh and then you have your north, north coast opportunities could also help you with your uh resource and referral agency uh that's uh, housed there as well and then there's a, a lot going on in the private sector as well so as far as districts go and schools uh start with your uh your front office folk and then of course their website would be uh, a place that i would refer people to as well and then you have your district office malia did you have something to add 
Um, well, I would add that part of our the the one of the funding requirements for all of our programs that we support are that the schools are uh, notifying parents of the opportunities available to them. So if you are a parent and you're not hearing from your district what's available, um, I would encourage you definitely to reach out. And I would also underscore that that uh, staffing is such a huge issue for all of us. So anyone out there who is interested and really, really <laughs> excited about working with youth or willing, you know, to uh, grow and learn in a different way, we are we are hoping to be able to onboard you and we will be there to train you and support you through doing that. So that's bringing me to my next question. Um, are there local opportunities for parents or community memberships or members to help out with uh, summer school offerings at the different schools? And how would parents connect to that? I think, you know, just jumping off of my last plug there, if you have a special talent and, you know, you're a musician, you're an artist, and you have a special skill that you can uh bring to youth even just coming in for an hour or two in a after school program or a summer program can be really really helpful and we have some great programs in our county get arts in the schools is you know one of them um and we can also help facilitate that bessie anything else you want to add parents and community members getting involved all right that concludes our show for tonight this is john horton with inside education a big thanks to my guests tonight, and thank you to County Superintendent Michelle Hutchins for her help with the crafting and the questions, offering te technical assistance and to our show this evening. <laughs> with that, I thank you for listening to Community Supported Radio. Enjoy your evening. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.